Ooh, yeah. You're listening to the Knives Templars. Get ready, y'all. We about to Bobby Boucher, you clown. I got a piece off of the wagon that Sam Houston used to take JFK to the moon. I like that. Pinto sauce. Pinto sauce. You're tuned in to the Knives Templars podcast. Featuring Otisir Special Sauce Pinto. I was, I was a mean kid. Long time listener, first time caller. Eric T.R.E. Rivers. Holy crap, I built something. Don the Train Watson. I can pay off all my credit cards and beef jerky credit line at Bucky. Joey the Ryan Terrier. Conchon de Lick will make you smack your lips and anyone getting too close to your plate. Mark the Salad. You drinking my soupy? And Chip Shagman Carlisle. And now broadcasting alive, it's the Knives Templars. Coming to you live from Pork House Studios located in Hartsville, Alabama and other U.S. locations. This is the Knives Templars Podcast. We are the coolest knife-making podcast on the planet, and we are downloaded around this big blue marble in over 24 countries. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide in all of your favorite apps and at KnivesTemplars.com. Hey, how's everybody doing tonight? This is Mark V. Max Fasala from the Knives Templars, the best podcast in the, I guess I have to say the world now. I mean, it's got to yes. be close, if not uh, the, right? And uh, so I want to welcome everybody here tonight and uh, look forward to having some great knife talk and uh, and chat with some uh, great knife makers here. Chip, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine, man. That was perfect. That was perfect. You did a great yep. job. You yeah. said we were the best. You know, I'm always nice. I'm nice. I don't want to say we're the best. I don't know if we're the biggest, but our downloads are growing. And I tell you what, um, uh, we're the best in my mind. And 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 not that any of the other ones out there aren't great podcasts as well. I just like to think that we put a lot of effort into ours and we're quite proud of what we do. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it. But hey, guys, you ready for a uh, new episode of the Knives Templars? Oh, yes, I, I am. am. Let's go. As you said, the best podcast made to teach rising and established makers like you how to pave your way into making knives as a hobby or as a business. We can be heard in 24 countries, and we want to welcome you to Season 3, Episode 27. 27, guys. Oh, that yeah. is wow. also our um, birthday, right? It was our it was our birthday last week. We are a year old. So yeah. we want to thank everybody for this last year as I'm getting ready to pay my annual uh, rent for this studio because <laughs> <laughs> we, we do it at our cost because we love to do it. And uh, thank everybody for their listenership, making us the best rising podcast out there, certainly uh, for knife making on this planet Earth. And as far as I know, in this solar system. So, hey, that's my story. I'm going to stick to it. Yep. Yep. Hey, have you guys been out on knivestemplars.com this week? Yes. We have. It's looking good. I'm getting some... I'm getting some great feedback. You know, um, if you people here, if you want to go to knivestemplars.com, you can sign up for an upcoming newsletter we're going to start putting out. You can send in general ideas, requests to be on the show, product reviews, 
uh, just anything you want to send us and we will interact with you. More importantly, this knife making podcast is made for folks that are getting into knife making, thinking about knife making, intermediate knife makers, great knife makers, or the best of the best, the stars that are out there. So uh, if you're out there and you want a voice, I tell you, this show, we'd be humbled to have any one of you at any level. So go out and check us at the knivestemplars.com. See what the cool website we had. There's not a lot of podcasts out there with cool websites as well. So go out there and check out the website and be sure and interact with us. Who wants to hear what's on the menu tonight, guys? I do, Chip. Please yeah, let's do go. It. It, it, let's it's go kind on. of, it's kind of predictable. It's kind of predictable, but, but the fun is not. So we're going to continue on with our brew review. People are enjoying learning a little bit about the the beers that I drink. And uh, we're going to go into a little bit of news and information. I've got some interesting stuff here. You know, we, we talked about, let's see, we've talked about chickens killing people, turkeys attacking a trailer park. Uh, we have how to uh, do number two in the woods properly. And, uh, you know, they say everything comes around full circle and we've got another potty story for you. I, uh, I just can't <laughs> wait, but Hey guys, it's been a, it's been a slim week. I don't like to talk about violence and all that stuff, but story from South Carolina has been overtaking everybody in the last week. And thank goodness that's over. We can get back to stupid news again. We got some feedback. We've got pops makers, Mark, uh, with us tonight, man, I've loved this. This is one, one thing that's been uniting our knife making community. I want to thank pops knife supplies for supporting us on that. Um, but we've got, a uh, every episode we have a maker's mark show guest show guest that, that, uh, presents their maker's mark in a sense and lets us know a little bit about them and what they do. And we've had such great folks. I tell you what, we're not letting you down. We've got another one on here tonight who was a contestant in the most recent last blade standing. And uh, we'll introduce him to you to a little bit later. Jason Fry's back tonight with some more knife making tips. And we got some questions because we've got a good panel of guys here. Joey's uh, chasing down some crayfish in Louisiana here. And, uh, I believe that um, the um, our buddy, uh, what's his name? Eric. Eric. Eric who? Eric Mr. the River's Rivers. Experience. Oh, you mean Mr. Thirty Four Thousand Subscribers on That's right. YouTube? Yeah. That's right, <laughs> Mr. Eric Rivers. Uh, somehow or another, uh, I don't think he paid his cable bill, but uh, he's Probably knocked not. out. <laughs> he he says it'll be up in a maybe. He says he might make the show tonight if they get it back up. I think he's trying to get down there to pay the bill right now. You know, I'm just joking. Eric's a, Eric's a great guy. He's been traveling lately, and the wind has been blowing down in the south um, this this past uh, few days. So. I can understand things being out. Got a few topics we're going to talk about in the week ahead. And then we're going to travel on down the road and wait for episode 28, I believe. Is that right? Where did I say we were? 27 or 28? 27. Yeah, we are 28. episode 27 now. That's right. Episode 28. We're getting so high up the uh, pole. I know the guys, we've got 200 episodes. I don't care. We've been working on this for a year, putting the episode out twice a month. And uh, we're already up to 28. I mean, by the time I retire, we may be up to 33, but I tell you what, it's been fun getting there. <laughs> quality, not quantity, quality, not quantity. So guys, with all that being said, I do want to let you know before we go into the brew review, I want you guys to remember we've got a great new sponsor, Maritime Knife Supply, and they supply 
some very great uh, equipment as well as supplies for knife making. They are located uh, up in the northeast, right across the Canadian border, but they supply to makers in the United States and other places, including their home country of Canada. Uh, Mark, I believe you just got an order from Maritime Knife Supply, didn't I did, and you know, small order, uh, you know, but uh, some of the stuff I've been wanting to try out for a while. I, I got some, uh, you, you know, those uh, polishing. I think they're called polishing stones or sanding stones. Yep. And right. So, uh, so I got a set of those. I've been seeing those uh, people use those, so I'm haven't tried them out yet, but uh, getting ready to do those. And bought a whole bunch of uh, drill bits, those uh, starter drill bits. Yeah, uh, you know, the uh, the ones that are are two sided and they have the little. A small tip and then uh, um, kind of a countersink right. uh, one specifically for handles so that I can I really, yeah. it, really get on that line, right? When you're trying to drill that hidden tang handle. And then I bought a, uh, got a couple of uh, uh, ulti clips because I want to try those on some. Uh, now, what, what is an ulti clip? Oh yeah. If you haven't used one of those there, uh, so I haven't used them, but I've seen them and uh, really it's a metal clip uh, for the, uh, backside of your your sheath and uh it'll uh oh yeah 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 yeah. go ahead go ahead. you know and then then as you press it down it'll it'll like lock in place right and so uh you know it, it's it's good for you know some of these smaller knives i'm making that you want your sheath to go in your pocket yeah i, I kind of like pocket. it for that working yeah and, and then you clip it on there and it has a nice secure fit and so uh i want to try them out they, they look like be a perfect use so th- this is going to be on my next sheath that i make so yeah and then how was this how was the shipping uh, so it was really quick, you know, everything, uh, came in quick. So, uh, you know, I, it was, it was a good experience and I think I got a couple of punches, uh, that, that I needed and, uh, you know, just, just a good, uh, little supply. But, uh, I guess while I'm talking about that, my biggest excitement though, was, uh, you know, I went to Harbor Freight and, uh, so where, so, so Otis here, people oh. can go to maritime knife oh, supply.ca. <laughs> And if there's anything left at the store, Mark, I thought you said you ordered a, a small order, but I think that they're probably taking this week to replenish the thousands of items that you purchased. It sounds hey. like, but maritime.ca, yes, maritime.ca, go out and check them out. So I hear you went to Harbor Freight. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was too excited about that Harbor Freight purchase. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, f- finally, uh, you know, I've been wanting a welder for, for a long time. And, uh, so, uh, finally I got a, uh, Harbor Freight gave me in the mail, a 25% off any item, no restrictions, uh, coupon and, nice. uh, you know, left, left work early just so I could make it there on time. And, <laughs> Got myself uh, an Omni Pro 220 multi-process welder, uh, you know, from them. So uh, Vulcan uh, welder. So uh, how I uh, wish we lived closer together now. So much more than yeah. I did yesterday. <laughs> Man, yeah, I've been thinking about buying one too because I want to do some canisters um, or just weld a uh, weld a uh, piece of steel on the end of uh, these forging pieces I'm making uh, just to make them easier than than you know. Uh, they're easy enough to hold, but uh, when you just weld something on, I, I just love the, sure. the way that looks. But but I thought you were going to tell me you bought some beer at Arbor Freight because this Ooh. is the brew review. Mark, what you drinking tonight? So uh, so I'm drinking some water. It's a uh, you know it's Lent for me, and so Fridays yeah. is uh, I'm keeping off the alcohol, 
and uh, and so so next couple of weeks uh, I'll be uh, you know after uh, a little bit of embellishment during uh, Mardi Gras it's it's time to to pull back for a couple of weeks for me. It'd been much easier to like do away with like McDonald's French fries, but hey, to each his own. It would <laughs> to each his own. Don, is it cow cow night? It's cow cow. Same thing. That's that that drink I love to have every after a hard day's work in the shop. Don, don't drink don, coffee. At I'm night. beginning. I'm beginning to think you may need an intervention because <laughs> <laughs> you are addicted to the cow cow. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh, man. That's good stuff. Otis here. He's looking at labels. You tell him you're you're just sitting there with with dry mouth, Otis here right now. No, no. Today I'm having some uh, pure cranberry juice and uh, some um, Perrier strawberry oh, flavor okay. water. You know, making a little drink. No alcohol for me today. Well, I am presently drinking a Michelob Ultra. Oh. So one could say there's no alcohol for me either today. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. And, honest, and honestly, I, I really, I really do not like to drink in excess. I don't like to drink um, to the point that I even start feeling lightheaded. In my career, I'm always on call, uh, so I, I certainly have always lived by that. That I don't want to ever have to embarrass myself. So essentially, Michelob Ultra just basically cleanses the kidneys. Yeah, <laughs> you, you tinkle a lot. You tinkle a lot, but but occasionally I do love I do love craft beers. I like special beers, and uh, got one this past uh, two weeks that we've been out uh, away from each other, and it is from the Nashville area, and it is called. It's going to be perfect. The Badonka Donk Stout. I'm liking it. Mm. From the Honky Tonk Brewing Company in Nashville, Tennessee. Here's what the brewer says. The brewer says, Founded by the one and only Scott Schweigert, Scott fell in love with the craft beer while living in Colorado. It's good that's all he fell in love with in Colorado. Because <laughs> then he moved to Nashville. Guys, I was in Nashville recently. I don't care what people do in their own time, and I don't care one way or the other. My gosh, the world has changed. There's little, like, hot dog stands. There's marijuana stands all over downtown Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> well, same here in Maryland. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to get into a debate on which side of the fence you're on that. I don't care. To each his own. Um, but for us old guys like me and Don, yep. Don, the world has changed, has it yep. not? It has, buddy. <laughs> it sure has. <laughs> <laughs> So, but I will tell you this, I've been sleeping like heck and I was at my wife the other, I was talking to her last night and I said, everybody's taking that CBD oil gummies so that they can uh, sleep better at night. You want to get some? And she <laughs> looked at me funny and said, didn't you used to work in pharmaceuticals? I was like, yeah. She says, what do you think? I said, yeah, I know it's not, it's not uh, evaluated by the FDA, blah, blah, blah. Not for safety. I'm not concerned about that, but uh, there's a lot of snake oil out there. Anyway, um, anyway. He moved to Nashville. He founded Honky Tonk Brewing in 2012 as the brewmaster. Let me tell you what I think about this beer. Um, I'm not too dramatic tonight. Uh, it was a good beer, but I just want to explain it to you where it took me. Otis, sir, you remember when you were a kid? Yeah, man. No, <laughs> not really. I that remember a long time I, ago. Well, I'm 58, and I can remember when I was a kid, uh, 
We were down all the way. We'd go down to the frozen lake in the wintertime. We'd be out there with a knife uh, chopping through that ice just so you could sit over a hole with a bucket. Anybody ever here been ice fishing? No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Yep. With a rod and a worm trying to catch you just a yellow perch or a bluegill or whatever. I always went for yellow perches or walleyes, mostly yellow perches. Anyway, y'all probably don't care, but that little fish was a well to me back then. I'd be out there cold and worn out. Sometimes a fish in hand, I'd make it back home towards the end of the day, and I'd come through the door. My mom would meet me there with a piping hot bowl of Campbell's soup, chicken noodle, and it would melt right off of me. And she'd take that fish from my hands, and I'd sit there warming and eventually make it to the TV to watch a little bit of Gilligan's Island in the afternoon. Let me tell you guys, about 5 p.m., Old daddy'd walk through the door and he'd say, Hey son. Yes, daddy. Yes, daddy. He'd say, how was that fishing today? I'd respond. It was cold daddy, but I got us a perch. Daddy'd give me the thumbs up. He'd crap. He'd crap. <laughs> hope he dug a, <laughs> hope he dug a cat hole. Not in the house, daddy. <laughs> he'd crack a paps blue ribbon. And mom would walk by him and pop him on his badonkadonk. Daddy'd giggle a little bit and he'd go sit down in his chair with his paps blue ribbon in his paper while mom attended to make taters and perch for dinner. That's this beer. That's what mm. this beer tastes like to me. Ooh, yeah. Okay. But I will tell you, it's a decent little Tennessee American stout. It's got 7%, you know, you got to watch how many mm. of these you drink. It pours dark black and thin with thin cola highlights Quickly dissipates, though. That head comes right off of it, turns to a white tan foam, and it settles to a thick ring, light clumping pool right there in the top of that glass, and it shows some sparse lacing. The nose of it is a dark cocoa with a light char, a little subtle smoke, and dark roasted malts with a hint of cream, like stout should be. Flavors are lightly exceed the nose with a subtle coffee, dark roasted malts, and some full fruits, light cola notes, and subtle cream. Nice mouth feel, full bubbly, medium high carbonation that uh, just just makes you feel comfortable. But I will tell you that the beer didn't overwhelm me. I do like a good stout, but there's a little too much carbonation. But with even that said, it's a nice brew. I'm going to give that one four hops. Oh, okay, four. But if you're in the Nashville area, if you're in the Nashville area. I suggest that you go by Nudie's. And while you're at Nudie's, that's Nudie Cons, get you a stout, a badonkadonk. Have y'all been to Nudie's? No, I've never heard of it. I have no. not. Mm-mm. Yeah, you say that to most people and they go, you, you can go to church? Nudie Con. If you've ever seen those fancy uh, suits those people wear on the uh, stage, all embroidered suits over the 50s, 60s, and 70s. You know what I'm talking about, guys, yeah. the country suits. Yeah. Nudie Khan was the guy that sewed all those. Really? There's another gentleman. Yeah, the, and that continues huh. on. There's some, there's some a guy, I believe, in his late 80s, early 90s that's still doing it, and a couple other people up there, but uh, they were called nudie suits. So oh, if, you nudie suit, if you had a nudie suit, if you had a nudie suit, 
Yeah, uh, Porter, Porter Wagner. Wagner. Yep. And, uh, yep. Yeah. He, uh, he, he always wore one his whole career. Uh, if you say you had a nudie suit, an official one, you had one that was sewn by the hands of nudie con. So mm-hmm. I've actually seen quite a few original nudie cons up at the, um, up at the, uh, country music hall of fame up there. And, uh, they're pretty neat. They are pretty neat. When you see them up close, they just look like they're hand stitched, beautiful suits. But, uh, when they're on stage, they take on a whole different air of themselves. So that's your beer. That's your beer recommendation. And that's where you should get it. Go get you a, a beer at nudie nudies, uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. All right. All right. So now Thanks that uh, I've rocked your now I've rocked you guys' world all about that, and you're going to go look up NudieCon on uh, Facebook. Let's take a little break. We'll be right back. All knife makers need abrasives, plain and simple. Here at Knives Templars, we're proud to partner with Phoenix Abrasives. I used to get my belts from another company, but they spent more time on marketing than they did customer service, sometimes taking two plus weeks to ship my order. That's not the case with Phoenix Abrasives. They're obsessed with committing all of their resources to customer satisfaction. Whether you're using a 2x72, 2x42, 1x30, or something else, they've got you covered. They even carry Rhino wet sandpaper. So go to phoenixabrasives.com shop and enter promo code TEMPLARS10 for 10% off your next order. So Otisir, uh, you ever think about getting some nudie suits made for a blade show this year? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. You wouldn't let me go with the village people look. What about a nudie suit? Nah, you sent that, uh, that, uh, old night vest kind of deal i don't know about yeah. that one man that looks kind of uh kkk is too i mean we should no do, do not say kkk is don't even talk about kkk that's that's a bad word yeah, that's that was, white that was, robed you're talking yeah. about uh, hell's angels not kkk oh okay okay it I was, was a motorcycle about a different one please do not mistake mo- motorcycle jackets with kkk no 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 no, no. that no that was a village people jacket yeah, there you go again. Do not mistake. If you walk up to a motorcycle gang in downtown Baltimore and go, oh, look, it's a village people convention, you better. <laughs> I would suggest you start running or buying all the beers, mm. one of the two. <laughs> village people deal, man. No, no, no. Forget that. Uh, they you will know, they ruined that they look, will, you know. They will bend you into a YSC and an M and an A all at one time. So. <laughs> Hey guys, we got some uh, we got some news. Uh, we'll get through the news so we can get on the fun part. Just want to get through it. Want to remind everybody that it's still coming up. Uh, Batson's Bladesmithing Symposium is coming up March thirty first, April second, and uh, April first and second. Uh, you don't want to miss it. It's the thirty fourth annual Batson Bladesmithing Symposium and Knife Show conducted at Tannehill Knife Works or Ironworks in the historic state park of McCalla, Alabama. There'll be knife show and demonstrations with food and hands-on learning for a nominal fee. I believe it's around $10 or so. More importantly, I'm going out there looking for a anvil. Did y'all see that thousand pound anvil I sent y'all pictures of? Oh, that was oh, awesome. Yeah. Nice. I loved how Josh Howard said he'd like to get yeah. a hold of that and play with it. <laughs> I think he's probably on his way to get that thing. He... <laughs> yeah, he's he's got a he's got that giant uh, that giant hammer he's got. Um, and if he had that, and I saw that he's building another uh, 
don't know if y'all saw it there. He you know lives close to me. I need to go up yeah. and see him. He's building another uh, power hammer right now. So what a what an interesting guy. He's going to be there cooking the pig. So if you can get a chance to go down there, you don't want to miss it. Otisir, you need to fly into Huntsville. We'll go down there together. I got an extra hammock. We can string it up between trees and we can hammock camp. Uh, it's a bit cold <laughs> to sleep on a hammock right now. No, 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 so, not that. So time. I would, I would not disagree that with that. April, I have, I have hammock camped in in the snow, and 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 that was some of the best oh. camping I've I've done. Oh yeah, hmm. yeah. I've I've got uh, I've got my uh, quilts for hammock camping, mm-hmm. and uh, I've got one that's mine. It goes down to minus twenty, and then I've got a, a up to a thirty degree one. I got three quilts. Um, and then most of the time when I'm out in the forest, the big thing is just keeping some insulation between your back and That's bum right. and the bottom of it, because, uh, you need to keep some air between the, your backside and right. that hammock so that you're insulated. Otherwise your, your rear end will fall asleep and freeze to death all night. But uh, yeah, it's not bad <laughs> at all. Otis here. Well, you know, my only experience with hammocks was when I was still living in the jungles in Brazil, you know, sleeping in the hammock, <laughs> there's a whole different ball game. You have yeah. to, so those giant spiders won't be crawling up here when you're sleeping, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. You don't, really don't want to sleep on the ground in the jungle. Forget that. No. I've seen some so of that hammock. stuff. Did you, keep, did you keep a little monkey with a rope tied around his neck as a pet? Uh, no, but I got bitten by one once. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he stole something from me, and then I had to fight him off to get my stuff back, and I got a bite. <laughs> So, you know. Well, so you got the monkey off your back, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what Peter Gabriel said, don't you? <laughs> touch the monkey. Ow. <laughs> um, don't touch the monkey. Peter, it was just a song. Just a song. <laughs> Blade Show Texas is coming up March 17th and 18th. From the minds who bring you Blade Show Atlanta, where we're all going to be, the world's largest knife show comes a two-day celebration and a cowboy creation extravaganza in the heart of Texas. Explore over 300 exhibitors of custom and factory knives. Watch free knife demos and become part of the knife community. It's going to be held at the Fort Worth Convention Center. Get your tickets, get there, have fun. Blade Show is a blast, is it not, you guys that have been there? Oh, yeah. It's um, it's amazing. It is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I won. I won an award last year. What came home with a uh, a custom knife? It's the friendship Good. award. Awesome. Ah, yeah. yeah. Well yeah. done. The, yeah. It had the tiger. It had the panther paws stamp of approval. Puma paw. <laughs> Puma paw. All right, guys. We got some bad news too. Well, I guess it's not bad. I love to see um, science and medical science. You know, we always want to see um, improvements in medical science, correct? Yes. We yes, do. sir. All right. Here we go. Oh, so uh, I want to let you guys know the Associated Press on January 31st told us that six doctors swallowed Lego heads. You know, those little heads, the little people, mm. they got little round little heads on them. <laughs> Yep. Swallowed six Lego heads for science. And here's what came out. When Dr. Andy Tang was a toddler, he swallowed a Lego piece. Actually, two stuck together. I thought, well, just put it in my mouth and try to get them apart. And the next thing I know, they went down my hatch. Now, as an emergency physician at Western Health in Melbourne, Australia, 
gives new meaning to down under, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Andy says he meets a lot of anxious parents whose children are succumbed to this impulse. The vast majority of kids like Andy simply pass the object through their stool within a day or two. Still, Andy wondered whether there was a way to spare the parents from this needless worry. You ever had a grandkid that swallowed something, Don? Uh, yes, I have. I did too, but I just figured if it was smaller than a penny, it was going to work its way out while everybody oh, else yeah. freaked out. It will. Yeah, it does. I didn't go looking for it. I just assumed it'd come out. He's a couple years <laughs> older now, so something must have gone right. But, 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 sure, you can reassure parents, as doctor said, one by one, that it, they probably don't need to come up to the emergency room or worse yet, dig through their kid's poop in search of an everyday object, but Andy and five other pediatricians went the extra mile. They wondered, is there a way to get this message out through science? The six doctors devised an experiment and published the results. Each of them swallowed a Lego head, says science journalist Sabrina Embler, who wrote about the experiment for the defector. They wanted to basically see how long it took to swallow and excrete a plastic toy. Recently, recently, Sabrina sat down with shortwave scientists in residence uh, and resident Regina D. Barbara to chart the journey of the six logo he- Lego heads and what came out on the other side. New meaning to the word down under. <laughs> the study excluded ex- excluded three criteria. Any previous gastrointestinal surgery. That's a big word. I got through that gastrointestinal. The inability to ingest a foreign object, an aversion to searching through fecal matter. I ain't sticking my hands in The researchers then measured the time it took for the gulped Lego heads to be passed. The time interval was given in a found and retrieved, found and retrieved time score, otherwise known as fart. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> That's all I got, guys. I don't know how long it took to come out, but Man, well, I just assumed I was looking, it did. I, was looking I just forward assumed to see how did. long. But I well, love well, it. Have you ever eaten corn? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know of the course. answer. <laughs> well, yeah, but then you got to count how many and how many you ate, and you know, did it all yeah, come out? Yeah. I don't know. But but if you do, hey, Mark, what's your fart score? The found and retrieved time score. Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> one day. Keep it to yourself, Mark. And with all that crappy news, <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, listeners, let's take a moment today to thank one of our sponsors for today's show. And that sponsor is Ameribrade Grinders. Eric and Kevin over at Ameribrade have sold thousands of these grinders, and they are super nice guys, and their customer service is excellent. I would know. I've been personally using their 2x72 grinder now for two years, and it has changed my knife making to a whole new level. So if you're in the market for or looking to upgrade from that 1x30 or 2x42, then give Ameribrade a look. There you'll find they have three packages of grinders to offer. They have a mastery package foundations package and a get grinding package in which all of them come at different price points so i'm sure you'll find something that'll suit your needs as a knife maker 
Also, Amerbraid has a ton of innovative attachments for their grinders. So listeners, you can find out about all of this at www.amerbraid.com. Go give them a look, see what they have to offer today. And now, back to the show. All right, guys. Well, that, uh, so far, the show has been quite crappy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Where's Eric and Joey? We need them. Uh, (laughs) How about some feedback before we go into the Pops Maker Mark series, guys? I want you to know I had a nice uh, message from Gene Kimmy, K-I-M-M-I. He says, I haven't missed an episode yet. Thanks for giving us a great podcast to listen to. Short and sweet, but hey. Yeah. Thanks, Gene. Appreciate it, buddy. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. Yeah, our downloads are really starting to increase here lately, and uh, you guys do a great job. I know they don't come on here to listen to me, so thank you guys for helping us to be a great podcast. All right, guys, so let's uh, let's jump into the Pops Maker Mark series. This week, we have a great, great show guest. Uh, he was a last blade standing contestant that just, uh, just competed uh, just last week. Uh, he owns MC Bladesmithing on Facebook. He's on TikTok. And you can find him by his name, Jeffrey McGuffey, on Instagram. Jeffrey, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you doing, everybody? How are you doing? Welcome, man. Welcome. Thank man, you. it's great to have you. It's great to have you. So uh, tell us a little bit about you. Where do you come from and uh, what got you into knife making? And we're going to work our way all up to the present day. Now, don't start when you were born. <laughs> just just go back to an appropriate time the appropriate time now if it's important that, that that you were born in tahiti that's fine tell us but just find a good spot to start welcome to the uh, show jeffrey oh well, i was born period i'm a military brat graduated high school just never really buckled down on anything and started making knives and i caught on to it just like riding a bike it's uh, helped me deal with a lot of issues, and I really like the researching and finding good information. I'm pretty much self-taught yeah. of taking one knife class. You must have paid attention. Yeah. I got <laughs> a little bit of ADHD. Because you make beautiful knives. OCD. <laughs> Thank you very yeah. much. Well, I will say, you know, you were holding... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were holding up some knives here for us to see. And of course, our listeners can't see the knives we talk about. So yes. we encourage our listeners to go out to the different uh, uh, host and guest uh, Instagram or Facebook pages to see the knives that they talk about. But uh, uh, you recently competed on Last Blade Standing and you had a short sword and it was absolutely beautiful. The uh, guard on it and everything. What uh, What led up to your design on that particular short sword and tell us about last blade sanding. Oh, last blade sanding, not sanding. Anybody out there that knows, um, it was a short sword competition, 64 makers across the United States. I think it was 27 States. Um, all proceeds were going to auction off the swords and all proceeds would go to the national pediatrics foundation. Um, good. Awesome. He had put up some parodies yeah. for the rule. On my design, he had put some parodies up, movie parodies. And uh, one of them was Goonies with uh, One-Eye Willie the Pirate. So I was never really into that. I like the little <laughs> Asian guy, the Inspector Gadget guy. 
So I figured pirate sword. And there were no mermaids, so I figured I incorporate a mermaid into it. So I went from there right. to your quintessential. I designed the pirate sword that every pirate carries that was never made for a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you do? How'd you do? I uh, I made it to the finals. Wonderful, wonderful. David Baker broke my blade first, first round. I was the first sword, first round. Took a good chip in the blade. But the basket hill. I was going to say it was... It was, I'm sorry. It was only a little, it was only a little chip. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't <laughs> yeah, the whole thing broken yeah. half. <laughs> and I understand, I understand, but, uh, but, uh, man, we were knowing you and, in, in you know, being in our particular, uh, Knives Templar group, uh, it was so exciting to see your enthusiasm Yeah. and you going through that because I can tell you, uh, um, I'm not sure about the other guys here tonight, um, but as far as putting your blades on the line, you know, bending it at 30 degrees, going through the oh chopping test and yeah. all the other things. Uh, has anybody else here on the show gone through anything it's like that? I haven't. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I would say, man, you got you got one or two up on us, or maybe 30 up on us, because um, you're standing there in front of all those people putting your, you know, putting yourself through that. You get down to the sweet 16 and. Uh, you, you should be extremely proud of yourself. And I know that you are certainly um, encouraged because you came home and what are you doing? You're making another sword. Well, I'm making another blade to replace the one broke. So it still can be auctioned off. <laughs> so we can make oh, good. money for the children. I posted a uh, the Ben test today. That's of the new blade. Right. Well, what no are you going to do with the uh, the old blade? You're going to keep it as a souvenir to yourself? Stick it on the wall. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. David Baker broke it. There you and, go. Uh, <laughs> where can yeah. we see the blade? Where can, can we see the, um, the, the, the the blade? You have your, uh, is it on Instagram and stuff? Um, The sword is all over Last Blade Standing, their Facebook group. You can also find it at MC Bladesmithing Facebook group. You can find me on Instagram at Jeffrey McGuffey, and you can find me at TikTok MC Bladesmithing. Um, I've only yeah. been doing this about four years. Oh, wow. Well done. Yeah. Nice. I have two detached biceps, but I do all handwork. <laughs> I just like doing handwork. It keeps my brain busy. It just, that's my thing. I was never good at anything. I failed at so many things in life. And but, but I'm on a pretty good but, role. But you know, everybody, well, you know, everybody is not good at everything. And you, and sometimes it takes us a little time to find where our calling is. You know, in my life, I've, I've done a lot of things and it's interesting how maybe like you, I find so much pleasure in working with knives because while there's a lot of people that can do it or very good at it, um, I don't know if we are 0.0001 of society as a whole or, or what we are, it kind of sets us apart in a, in a different class. And what's interesting about, um, blacksmithing and bladesmithing is, um, it evens the playing field. Does it matter if you matter if you're man or woman or 21 or 91, um, whether you got a PhD or, or, or a GED, um, it, it puts us all on a level playing yes. field. I mean, uh, 
this we're a we're a motley crew. We even hang out with a Brazilian panther wrestler, and um, <laughs> oh, and uh, and look at us, look at us. He makes some of the most beautiful knives in the world as well. So uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, who here would say that uh, making knives is good for your mental health? Oh yes, no doubt. Uh, yeah, yes. takes yes. away absolutely yeah, take, takes away your stress, your artistic. Uh, expression and i heard cheryl crow one time say it's good that she oh yeah 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 it does cheryl mm. crow had said on some uh show i was watching one time about dealing with anxiety and depression and things in her life and that music took her away from that and maybe it's just those people that think with the minds that this side of our brain versus that back or front or whatever side that and i'm not saying that Everybody has anxiety or depression or this, that, and the other. It just helps people with our kind of brains to express ourselves, to find beauty in the world beyond just the beauty that, that God's created, yeah. uh, the beauty that you can create with the hands that God created on you. Um, so I, uh, I just love how knife making, blacksmithing, uh, levels the playing field and, uh, I'll put yourself on a pedestal, Jeffrey, because I tell you what, you're pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I was just work. looking at that sword there. It looks pretty nice. I love that basket hilt right there, man. It's <laughs> something that is, it is not very easy to do, right? No. And um, yeah, for uh, for four years doing that, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, well done. Yeah how did you how did you how did you hammer that out? Um, that's what a piece, did you hammer out on a piece of wrought iron from a wagon wheel. I had okay. ran in, I had designed a D guard just in case that one didn't work. So I got a whole another sword to put together. <laughs> I have a backup and everything. Oh, wow. But it was. Uh, but how did you hammer that out to shape? What What was did you did you do that on a flat face or what did um, What did you use to hammer that? And the narrow part, which would be the D guard part. It's actually, I forged it in yeah. narrow, got me a rough shape, and then I uh, I forged the hole, I drifted the hole for the tang, and I got me a rough band, yeah. and then I got in there and dremeled everything. It was the first time I've ever done any kind of dremel carving. Yeah. And then the, uh, the well, netting, that's all hand filed. And then... Yeah, and people can't the see them. You... You've held up some other knives for us tonight that people can't see, but, uh, so it just doesn't stop there. Um, you're yeah, making a beautiful, knives, uh, daggers, hunting knives. Yeah. Are you doing yeah. this full time or is it like a, a side I'm, gig? I'm truly a hobbyist. I'm not very good with computer technology. So I just pretty much make my stuff. If somebody wants something, hit me up. Um, every now and again, I have a tendency to, forget to repost things available <laughs> i'm very forgetful okay <laughs> or i'm in a- well you know you and i were talking you and i were talking pre-show that um you live in live oak florida and i mentioned there's a poultry company down there i was gonna say you ought to be making deboning knives and lining up down there at their main <laughs> offices selling <laughs> knives deboning knives um the problem with that is being wet knives they'd have to be out of stainless or or something but uh I tell you what, they would never get dull. That's for sure. Um, they're just gorgeous knives. What are your uh, What are your plans for the future in knife making? Well, right now I'm I'm working on my ABS, 
And uh, pretty oh, much cool. right now. How far along are you into it? This is my first year. And uh, just okay, good. feeling out everything, trying to get all the terms correctly and understand what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And uh, just push right. myself every day, do research, practice, 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 practice. Practice. Did I say practice? <laughs> you did. You did. Right. What kind of what kind of grinder are you running? I just run a two by seventy two Grizzly. That's it. I have oh, a yeah, uh, nice I have a Whisper Mama. I have a nineteen sixty four uh-huh. Williamson Anvil. I think it's about one hundred sixty five ish. That's pretty much it. I do everything else by hand and all this stuff behind me. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So, uh, what are you uh, heat treating with? Um, I use my oven. Right now, I use a stick into fifty one sixties, ten eighty four, something that I can reach in the forge. If I got a a cylinder that I use for deflecting the heat and bring the cylinder up to temperature, shoot it with a laser. Right. Then I do my tempering in my oven. Yeah. Well, cool. cool. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, we've had some guys here talking about, uh, you know, um, uh, heat treat ovens or, or, and, uh, Don was telling us his favorite day in his life. Yeah. (laughs) I know Don's favorite day in his life was when, uh, when his heat treat oven showed up. That's right. That's right. And then he started doing the, I've got an oven and y'all don't dance. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I pretty much have an anvil, a hammer and a grizzly grinder. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, well, it shows because you've got, and you've got a lot of sandpaper. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, equipment wise, equipment wise is nice, right? Olden days, they didn't need it. They really yep. didn't. That's, that's, that's true. And I take my... No, they, didn't need it. they would have had it if we had it. Sorry. Go ahead. I love hand sanding. <laughs> Strike me dead. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. Yeah. That makes two of us. Like I guess I really the, the, you're, you're the first one who ever said it. I mean, because I do hand I sanding a lot. I enjoy you it. know what I think is when you isn't it isn't it peaceful isn't it peaceful you just sit there you the steel and you just you working that hand centered in there putting all those lines the way you like, really wanted like it, to a layer of glass is developing in between the the grain and the surface as I'm standing it's like that layer just develops thicker and thicker Yep. So you can see the yep. grain yep. structure if you're underneath your mirror and everything. A lot of it has to do with having the right tools. Um, so if you've got the right yeah. uh, sanding sticks or, or sanding backing, um, it's not. Um, I remember when I first started, I just grabbed a piece of steel and went at that. And when I actually went out, and I think these days I'm using, I know for sure I'm using a piece of uh, linen, 5'8", or whatever the three H thick or whatever linen micarta with a piece of leather um, carpet uh, taped to the back of it. So I've got a Nowadays, soft side and a hard side. A lot of people, they'll be wet hand sanded with one hand. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And, How do you uh, wet sand the blade with one hand? You're not getting even pressure. You're, you're going through the motions. Yeah. You got to set yourself up with the right tools. Yes. Yeah. Set yourself up with the right tools and, uh, 
and it is much easier. I actually don't mind sanding. And I think Mark said he recently purchased some, I may be wrong here, Mark, but I got, um, um, sanding sticks, uh, the little, um, stone, uh, sanding sticks. And I use those to take out a lot of the, uh, deep sanding in the beginning. And then I work myself down to paper, even though I've got paper to go through all those different levels, but, and it really just depends on the knife, but a lot of times I'll do that. With hand sanding is they don't realize they're sitting there scrubbing on that scratch, trying to get the scratch to go away when they need everything around that scratch to go away, to make the scratch <laughs> go away. They sit there yes, that right. scratch, trying right. to make it disappear. And, it's no, you got all that other stuff to go away to make that scratch disappear. And a lot, I forget yeah. it. Yep, you got to bring the whole surface down. And there's just little so what is your, like, what is your hand ascending progression? I usually go. What is, what is your hand ascending progression? Where do you start and where do you stop? I go to 240 to 500 to six, five to eight to about a thousand to 12. Okay, well, similar to me, I do two twenty. Yeah, I skip about yeah. two or three. In yeah, I do. I do two twenty, four hundred, six hundred, and sometimes I go up to a thousand, but seldom I go anything higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that that dagger I'm working on that I showed you earlier today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got mm-hmm. it on six hundred right now. That's nice. So, Jeffrey, how long you've been growing that beard? It's a good uh... foot and three inches long. Four and a half years, five years. Yeah. I kind well, of you've cut some of it off along the way. Then. Off of it a couple of months back. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, lighten the forge, lose some. <laughs> <laughs> I have lost some. I lost some beard in a forge one time. Yes. <laughs> hey, you, y'all remember that picture I sent you on our uh, chat group of that uh, guy with the big old beard? They got mm. cut up on a buffer or something. Yeah, right. And rip his beard off. Yeah. That mm. must have been painful. The oh, angle grinder guy. You seen that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. brother. That I, I must actually, have hurt. When I used to work around my, my stuff, I had um, some beard COVID mask that, that I had from the COVID era. And uh, they were folded under underneath so your beard would sit in it. So you could wear it around your ears and it would take it up. And then I could tuck that into my shirt. So I felt much, much easier around Sanders and, and even working around the forge. Um, but uh, but you got to be careful. I'd much as, rather have as, it. As, as you can it's, see, it, I lost all my beard and hair on a forging yeah. accident. It's, it's, it's better to have beard. It's better to have bearded and burned it off than to never have bearded at all. No, I had it. I had it. Don't, 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 don't try to shame me. It's just I choose to uh, shave it every day. So not every day, and, every other day. Yeah, and you look, you look, you look marvelous. That marvelous. So Jeffrey, uh, yeah. So where can people, uh, again, where can we find your beautiful knives? Let us know. Um, you can look me up on MC bladesmithing Facebook group. You can also find me on Instagram, Jeffrey McGuffey. I'm on TikTok, MC bladesmithing and regular Facebook. My name is Jeff McGuffey. Sounds good. Guys, if you're not friends with this gentleman out there, go look him up. And uh, you can also find him out on the Rivers Experience. You can find him out on the Knives Templars Facebook group. 
and uh, he is just a wonderful soul, always has something nice and nice to say to people. And uh, we always have something nice to say to him because he's always producing something beautiful. Uh, hey, Jeffrey, uh, it has been a blessing to have you on the show, and we look forward to developing a friendship with you. And as we do with everybody, we got to take a vote. So I'm going to vote for Eric. Uh, Otis here, you can vote for Joey since we're the senior members on this team. Uh, Eric says uh, yes, because Eric's nice like that. Chip says, Chip says, Chip's vote, and this is to get you in as a knife sampler. Chip says, Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's let's see what Don does tonight. Otis here, Joey says, Oh, yeah. Console delay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, <laughs> Otis here says, Oh, yeah, my friend. Let's go. <laughs> Mark? Absolutely. Without All a right. doubt. And Don, what do you say? Oh, yeah. That's right. I love cowboys. So, Jeffrey, buddy, welcome to the Knives Tim. Yeah, we'll see you on the next show. And uh, as a as a Knives Templar, uh, you have all the rights and privileges. We will have you on the show anytime you want to come on and say hello. You just let us know you want to come on. We'll plug you in for a quick hello. Uh, We'll have you back as a guest in the future if you're on if you're on one of the shows like. uh, last blade sanding or any other show that you want to promote, please come on and do that. And also, so, you know, Otis here will be sending out your certificate, noting that you are a member of the knives Templars. He does stamp it, uh, in ink with the paw of the <laughs> Panther that he killed down in Brazil for authenticity. And it, and it entitles you to all the rights. Yep. It entitles you to all the rights and privileges of being in a Knights Templar, which means you have no decision-making authority or any uh, budget for spending any money on anything, but, but you're, you're welcome to the team. We'll see you Thank on you. a, on a future show, Jeffrey. Welcome to the Knives Templars. Have a welcome. blessed night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, gentlemen. See you Bye-bye. guys. All right, guys. Well, I tell you what, uh, Jeffrey is one heck of a knife maker, one great guy. And uh, just as he said that uh, knife making saves a lot of our, uh, I don't want to say it saves our souls because we know how our souls are saved, but it certainly gives us peace on earth. And uh, we are so, so pleased to have Jeffrey on the show. With that being said, I'm out of breath. Let's take a break. Let's take a break now. We'll be right back. Pops Knife Supply was started 40 years ago and is owned by four professional knife makers. Andy Roy of Fiddleback Forge, Alan Searles of W.A. Searles Knives, Joey Berry of J.B. Knife Works, and Dirk Lutz of Dirk Lutz Knives. Make a great team of owners carrying on the traditions and business started by James Poplin. Over four decades in business is a testament to the best customer service with same-day shipping on weekdays. Pops only charges actual shipping and any shipping differences are refunded on your orders. Everything you need to make knives from grinding, steel, pin stock, heat treating, and more can be found at Pops. Visit them at popsknife.supplies. And now, back to the show. All right, guys. Well, we're back. And I want to welcome our friend, Mr. Fry. Mr. Jason Fry, who's got a tip for us this week. 
Jason, let us know what you have to say. Hey, Jason Fry here. Just want to talk a little bit today about good belts. I've talked about cheap belts before and what I think they're good for. I want to talk about belts that uh, do the real work. Belts that are expensive, but they get the job done. There are some expensive specialty belts, but in general, the most useful expensive belts are going to be your high-end ceramic belts. Now, let me talk about what those are and what they do. So, they are what they sound like. They've got little bits of ceramic grit attached to, impregnated on, glued to the belt. And that grit is very hard. It cuts metal very, very well. So, you've got an expensive belt that cuts metal well. Let's talk about that. One thing you need to think about is whether the metal you are grinding is hardened or not. I personally favor a ceramic belt run pretty much wide open for grinding hardened steel. Uh, when I do thin kitchen knives or things like that, I usually grind post-heat treat, and a good high-end ceramic belt is the best for that. personally use the uh, 3M Cubitron 2s, the 984s. But the Norton Blaze is a fairly equivalent. I have found, though, that the Blaze seems to cut a little better on unhardened steel. So here's what I think about that. You take your best belt and you use it under the toughest conditions. And if you have a belt that doesn't quite work as good, you don't use it under the toughest conditions. You use it on your unhardened steel. Um, personally, I'm of the opinion that if you use your, uh, your high-end belts on low-end tasks, you're just throwing money away. So I use, again, quality ceramic belts like the Blaze or the Cupidrons for grinding hardened steel and also for rough shaping. Another thing you'll need to mess with is speed and pressure. So you'll find some belts cut better at high speeds, others at moderate speeds. You'll find that some belts really want you to put a lot of pressure into the belt. Some belts really don't care. So that's why I hesitate uh, to tell you what the best belt is, because there are so many variables in how you use it. Uh, you will need to find the belt that cuts the best for your grinding style. Um, but I do strongly recommend a good high-end ceramic belt for grinding hardened steel or for rough grinding your uh, blanks before heat treat. Our friends at Pops and also USA Knife Maker and also in one of my books, there's places where you can find a good broad overview of belt types and experience people's favorite ones. I highly encourage you to look that up. It is worth your time to learn about belts, not just throw a bunch of money at them. But if you're going to throw money, uh, a good high-end ceramic belt is a very, very useful thing. Time for me to get back out in the shop and do what I do best. Well, maybe not best, but I'm better at knife making than I am at talking about it anyway. We'll see you all next time. Hey, this is Jason Fry. Did you ever think knife making would be easier if you just knew all the tricks? Well, good thing for you, I wrote a book on the subject, Knife Making Hacks, 384 Tips to Make Knives Like the Pros. It combines my years of experience with the research I've done on other writing projects with pretty pictures of some of the world's best knives. There's some humor in there as well as some good knife making wisdom and knowledge. It's available wherever books are sold, gundigest.com and my website, frycustomknives.com slash books. Pick up a copy today and learn to make a knife like the pros. Thanks, Jason. I tell you what, guys, next time you're out on the web, be sure and go find Jason's book and uh, learn a little bit all the tips and tricks he's got. I tell you what, I have been trying his tips and tricks, and I tell you what, it just makes knife making uh, easier and uh and you know that you're sharing some of the same 
frustrations or getting some of the same, uh, coming up with some of the same ideas that uh, other knife makers do. And there's no sense in going at it alone. So uh, be sure and check out Jason Fry's books and learn his tips. Hey guys, uh, how about some topics tonight? Yeah. All right. Topics or questions? Topics or questions? Questions. Which one you want to do first? Yeah, let's do questions. I agree. And questions it is, and questions it is. Let me find my questions here in my little book of papers. Here we go. I have four questions tonight. The first one is from our buddy Nick, and Nick writes in and says, Hey, guys, I'm having a hell of a time getting in plunge lines and bevels to be even and not multifaceted. If steel and belts were free, I'd use steel to practice, I guess. I'm wondering if making wooden knives may help with bevel grinding practice. Practice. Can I, can I yeah, take do that? It, <laughs> I think we had something similar on the last mm-hmm. show. Go right ahead. Um, no, I, I wouldn't go messing around with wood. First, there's a whole different consistency mm-hmm. than steel. Uh, like we talked about last um podcast we were talking about something similar is a whole different consistency between oh, yes, wood and, uh, knives yes. and, and steel right so it wouldn't be the same thing uh number two uh if you want to get a nice consistent uh plunge lines right there i would start by getting um yes. a, a file guide with the uh carbide inserts so you can take that all the way up to the uh, to the belt and uh, not ruin your uh, your file guide. That will help you put those crisp uh, plunge lines in there. And afterwards, you can take a file to it and finish with the file, making sure that everything is nice and squared away. Um, oh, can I ask you a question about file sure. guides while, yeah, while we're answering this? You know, I've got a file guide that is just steel. It's hardened steel. Um, but I see the carbide... Uh, file guides that have a carbide layer in there. Yep. How, how, you know, they're, they're quite a bit more expensive. How well do they hold up to the belts and stuff? Are they worth that extra money? Oh yes, definitely. Uh, you, you can take the carbide insert all the way to the belt and it will not grind away. Okay. Just, just do it. Okay. You won't regret it. Um, if you have like, like, uh, yeah, my really nice one that I sent the pictures mm-hmm. to you guys, mm-hmm. the yeah. master. Yeah. Yeah. guy that i got from brazil that one i use specifically for um my ricasso mm-hmm. tank shoulder because i only use a file on that thing uh and that is due to the fact that it's hardened steel right this d2 um steel so no carbide <laughs> in there but if you want to work on be able to work on a belt yeah, get some uh, get some carbide insert ones. You're gonna be uh, you're gonna be happy that you did. Yeah. Should no. I edit that out? Florida man, baby. <laughs> nah. Florida man. Florida man. Alabama man. That was Michelob Ultra. That was Michelob Ultra. <laughs> that, that's good advice. You know, um, you know, you're not gonna get comfortable um, doing something until you're doing it on something that has the same um, exactly. characteristics of what, what yes. you're, of what you're using. So if you start making wood, you're going to make beautiful wooden knives at some times and you can get away. I wouldn't go out and buy anything, but, uh, 
aluminum oxide belts because you'll never tear those up either. But uh, the first time you take it to a piece of steel, you're going to have the same problem. Um, Don, thought we said think? last week, guy was saying about, uh, should I go down and buy just regular steel like Lowe's, stuff like that? But um, all steel grinds differently. Um, if I was him to practice, I would call Pops Knife Supply and get some in their Pops 8670 because it's not that more expensive than steel. Regular and, steel. And go ahead and mm-hmm. heat treat it and do what you got to do and just practice on that. Um, like, um, I would agree with, I mean, I don't, I don't hand, hand grind, but I would definitely, I would definitely get me a good file guide, just like Pinto said, if I was grinding you know, by hand, you know. Um, yeah. You know what I would do? I would collect all those shavings and leftover pieces and cut them up and put them in a crucible you and do that them too? down and sure. beat them out. Heck yeah. Again later when you get yeah, done. Yeah, that works. Yeah, when you get done, turn it in. But you'd have to have some additional equipment yeah. for that. And so, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's, it's very important. This uh, a file guide for plunge lines and uh, recussals and um, tank shoulders. Mm-hmm. It's essential. I mean, you can try to do yeah. it without, but if you want nice, crisp, straight lines, you have to have yeah. a guide. I mean, have you ever used the technique? Has anybody used technique where you use just a, a small, either a chainsaw file or a small round file, and then uh, put your plunge lines in with the round file first, and then grind your bevels to that? You know, because that gives you that nice, mm-hmm. crisp. Uh, plunge line and then you grind your bevels to that to that line you know which could be a technique used if, if you don't have a a, a a you know a file guide yeah yeah I, I i did uh i did the the problem is right if you want to have Smith. uh mm. even plunge lines on both sides okay. of the blade right let's say you twist your file a a, a, a mill to the left or a mill to the right on each side of the knife sure. i mean you're not gonna have perfect perfect lines going down the mm-hmm. side of the knife right you can you know you can freehand a lot of people freehand and they put a little tick mark on the knife and then they'll bring the the belt all the way to that section and pull away right it works i did it before but when you grab your knife and you look from from the edge towards the mm-hmm. spine right you're gonna have a little discrepancy there between one side and the other so that is something to be uh, mindful of. If you don't mind having a little difference there, you know, it, it's not a big deal. But if you want to be something like I'm holding now on on the thing here, right? If you look on my my plunge lines there, the viewers, the, the listeners can't see it, uh, but my plunge lines are identical yeah. on both sides. Yeah, right. right. Do you and, use a do you use a J Flex belt or anything to get that nice roll in like that, or or a thin belt, or are you using just a standard? No, uh, I do that on a hand file. I'm talking about your um your um Talk about the your, plunge lines where your plunge line comes up. Yeah, I really do it round file. file? Oh, round that's file? on the file. Oh, wow. Nope, 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 no. Uh, a, a regular flat file. And uh, what I did on the sides of the file, yeah, okay. I ground that out so it's smooth, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I'm scrubbing, I'm scraping the, 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 the sides of the file onto the file guide and pushing it, keeping yeah. that nice straight line from okay. top to bottom. Yeah. I'm using a, a file guide and a J-Flex belt. And 
I use a small ruler that's got uh, um, metric in- increments on it, and I'll just bring my belt out over the side of my plat and the same on both sides. And then I just roll that uh, into the J-Flex belt, which has this nice curved rollout because it's so thin. And I get very nice lines that way. But I will tell you, what you can't believe the number of knives it shows that you turn over and the bevel lines you know, don't really match up too well. Mm-hmm. And and this is one of the first things, like uh, like Jeffrey was talking, he's working on his ABS thing. Um, When the judges are looking at your knife, right, for the ABS testing, one of the first things that they look is symmetry on both sides of the knife, right? The plunge line has to match on both sides. Um, You know, the, uh, the... the, the guard matching to the Ricasso, straightens of the blade, everything goes together. Uh, and I picked up a few tricks from the last blade show, and I've been using it. And I'm telling you, man, you know, if you're struggling with, the, with your plunge lines, a file guide is the answer. A good file guide is the answer. Yep. Pops have them. Yes, Just, they do. Yep. They sell uh, Elise's. Uh, That's Ethan what Lee's, I uh, Yep. Yep. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I saw one that Joey was using today. I looked up. I can't remember the name of it. I looked it up as a picture when he had. What are you laughing about? Uh, Jeffrey. Oh, Jeffrey's making faces. But uh, I thought I thought you were laughing at Joey. But uh, he has a carbide file guide that he's using, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was on our group. Um, I looked up as about. There are several makers, man. I have yeah. three. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Cool. So, guys, don't sand your wood. Go get you some steel and sand steel. Learn to learn to grind knives, do plunge lines. One guys want to do another one? Yeah, let's do another one. Yeah. Yeah, let's 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 go. Peter says Peter says, I've been bladesmithing for one year now, and I can see the progress I've made. I have a handful of orders from word of mm-hmm. mouth, but on occasion I've been asked if I have a website for my knives, which I don't. Any advice or suggestions? For a new bladesmith looking to grow, so I assume he wants to grow his website, grow his website presence. So I guess I'm the resident expert here right are. now on that. Um, yes, sir. Yeah. So what I would say, guys, is um, if you want to go grow a web presence, you need to do one thing. You need to consider um, in this day and age, um, social networking is very important to a website. And you've got to tie it into your Instagrams and your Facebooks and your TikToks and and the other things that you belong to. With that being said, make sure you've already got those established and you're constantly feeding them. Um, Developing a small um, uh, blog that you contribute to occasionally, write a little story for. And you don't have to be an expert, just write your thoughts in a blog. uh, Also help. But you want to develop a website. Well, many many of them are out there, and I will tell you the one that I use. I've had I've been a GoDaddy customer since about two thousand two or three, and um, all my websites I've always uh, had hosted on that particular site, with the exception of this podcast. It's uh, it's hosted through another provider, um, meaning the uh, podcast uh, audio you're listening to here, the podcast website is through GoDaddy. 
um, back in the day, I come from the group of people that used to write uh, HTML and and uh, and language developing websites, and now they make it so easy um, to go in and use some of their uh, web maker tools or website making tools, where uh, you purchase your domain, you to purchase you purchase your um, uh, hosting account and then they have all these little modules that you can plug in such as your page banner um the different elements whether you want a photo album whether you want to write stories whether you want to um put a picture with an offering and you can add different pages and it guides you through the whole thing now if you do know how to write some web language which i still do you can go in and write some of that language even into those websites they have modules built for that so that you can make your website stand out even a little bit more but the neat thing about it is all of the different templates they have while they are um uh kind of cookie cutters you can bring your individual individualism to it through um, your photography, your ability to draw. They have tools there for that, but you know the things that you can do with your colors, the fonts you use, and this, that, and the other. And no one will ever know that uh, you're using a website maker within GoDaddy. It's like I said, the one I use. There's other ones out there, um, but uh, honestly. You don't need any more than that. You can go out and see my website at shegmanknives.com, S-K-J-E-G-G-M-E-N-N-K-I-N-V-E-S.com, or you can go to theknivestemplars.com, and those are both made with website makers. And then I added a little code in to do certain things, but it's amazing what you can do. Here's what I would say. Don't fall into the trap of someone saying, I'll produce your website for $100 a page, and then you have to start paying them every time you want to change yeah. some little thing. It's a dangerous trap to get into when you can do it yourself. When you develop that site, and I'll, you know, trying to make it tie it up here for you. I've been kind of long-winded, but when you make that site, there's modules in there to tie it back to your social media. So if you've got a podcast, you can put links in there and that'll come up on your regular website. If you've got um, a Facebook account, there's direct links in there to take people to your Facebook account, to your marketing accounts, to your groups, to the things that, that define who you are on the different social media platforms, whether it be uh, TikTok, you know, Instagram or so on. And then you develop a full package. It gets to be a thing where you have to stay on it all the time. Many things, if you post a, uh, Instagram, it may post on Facebook and TikTok for you while you make that single post. But if not, you need to keep one of the, all of those aspects somewhat active. So when you're trying to make knives, you're also trying to market yourself. But with a good year, you'll start popping up in the search engines and uh, people will start seeing your brands and you'll start getting feedbacks. And uh, you know you're a success when people start coming in and uh, paying you a lot of respect and uh, asking questions about your stuff and how you do it uh, through your submittal pages. So go out and do it. And if you have any questions, send me, Chip Carlisle, a note on the knivestemplars.com. Put in website help and send me a note. I'll give you some feedback. I'll spell all that out for you. Be happy to help you. That's all I got there. Yep. Talking about that, I still haven't gotten mine. So 
I told what you. One of these days I'll get a website. $100 a page <laughs> and um, a monthly activity <laughs> fee of $75 oh, per page. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you'll be looking good, Otis. No, Otis, you know I'm indebted to, to you as a friend. As you a know, friend. With, with the website thing, man, it's just that I don't know if it's, if, if I'm doing it wrong, but I just don't think I'm ready for that. So, you know, I just keep pushing it and pushing it. You know, one of these days I'll say, okay, I'm ready, and then jump on it. Yeah. Well, just let me know when you are. I'm there for you, baby. I'm yeah. there for you, Thank baby. Thank you. So, uh, hey, let's take another break. We'll come back. Some questions. Well, who knows what else. Maybe Odysseer will want to do some pork house playhouse. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hey guys, what was your source of inspiration when you first decided to make knives? You know, many go to the books and also some go to the web, uh, but many also head to YouTube for videos. Well, you know, we are fortunate enough to have Eric Rivers from the Rivers Experience as a co-host on the Knives Templars. But you know what? He's also a sponsor. And I tell you, 27,000 followers can't be wrong in following his skilled and educational regular videos that teach the fine arts of making beautiful knives. I know because I'm a subscriber to his channel and I learned at my pace and without making those mistakes by walking in the dark regarding knife making. Be sure and check out his channel, The Rivers Experience, on YouTube or his website at theriversexperience.com. And now back to our show. So welcome back, guys. One thing I want to let you know, we've got some specials going on. And uh, if you uh, buy an Ameribraid machine... Um, they've got three different levels of grinding packages, uh, and you put in Templars 100 through April 30th, you can get $100 off of your package. So make sure that if you go to Ameribraid and buy a grinder, put in that Templars 100 for that. We're also sponsored by Phoenix uh, um, Abrasives, and if you are purchasing abrasives online, be sure and put in Templars 10 for 10% off your order at Phoenix Abrasives. And have we talked about everybody's favorite wood? No. Oleg. Oleg's. Oleg's. <laughs> well, let's just wait. We'll talk to Leg about Oleg's wood. But I will tell you, he's been dropping Yeah, we got to get him on the show one day, right? We are. The only problem is he's blocked out from Russia. We can't get him uh. in here. He can get to Facebook, but he can't get many other places. But uh, we'll talk about Oleg a little later, but I just want to get everybody excited because I sure love Oleg's wood. It's beautiful stuff. So anyway, hey, guys, how about – let's just – questions are good tonight. We got a buddy, Jordan, and he says – this is this is a question for you guys, not me, because I've only done one. Jordan says, uh, does anyone have any advice or tricks for getting the epoxy in the handle on a hidden tang construction? I'm using G-Flex typically, and that shit gets everywhere. Um, I don't know the exactly what does he mean getting into the handle. I mean, well, I assume that when you've got a, a hidden tang, that he's trying to get it down into the void, uh, so you know he's got good epoxy coverage yeah. inside where that that hidden tang is going to slide into. Okay, I can tell you how I do it. 
I don't know if it's the right <laughs> way to do it, but this is what works for me. So, you know, Let here me get, go. Number one, he says, take your clothes off, close all the curtains yeah, in your you, shop. You've got to be uh, naked in the moon, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, it depends on the, yeah. I mean, first it has to be very runny, right? So you can just dump it in there. I have, a, you know, I went to a, a CVS and I, I bought a whole bunch of those small uh, uh, disposable coffee cups and i mix yeah. it in there you know for the prescribed amount of time and then i just you know just pour it in i mean there is nothing to it i mean i don't, I don't know what else to what else to say i mean do you well i guess sometimes you may get some bubbles and stuff down in there i mean how do you ensure i mean that you've got good coverage inside that I mean, are you sticking? I mean, you put enough in there that when you slide your your tank into the hole, mm-hmm. it bleeds out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they pretty much ensure uh, full coverage all the way around it. And um, I mean, <laughs> you know, you know what? I I've, I haven't done this, but I was just wondering. You know, you can go buy syringes for next to nothing at oh, your yeah. Walmart. Yeah. If you go to there and, and you take the uh, needle off of them or you get syringes without the needles on them and you just suck up the epoxy, you can put that down into where you've uh, um, hollowed out your hole to accept your tang and just, you know, pump it in there because he says he gets it everywhere. So maybe that would help him uh, to get it in. And also you can take some um, some type of tubing or something so that you can actually put it down deeper and kind of fill it from the way up. I, I still, though, if you, if you fill it up completely and oh, sir, you can tell me you're going to get a lot of squeeze out, but, uh, that that's one way to, I would assume without making too much of a mess, just trying to pour it down in the hole. I mean, uh, I guess, uh, uh, we got Jeffrey there on the side and you know, he, he might concur with what I'm going to say, but you know, you just hold your, your handle sort of, a on an angle. Right, and then you just pour it in on the side. Don't try to fill it up from the top because it'll right. bubble. Right? Yeah. You you make like a little cap, and then a bubble will mm-hmm. come and burst out. So just hold it, you know, side of a, you know, forty-five degree angle or something, and just put it in on the side, yeah. and then you just. And it it doesn't take a whole lot of of, of epoxy. Remember, that tang is already fitting in pretty tight into the uh, into that slot. So. Right. You know, if you don't want to get epoxy all over the place, I would fill it up at least halfway up to that, you know, to the to, to the hole that that you drill for for your tank. And when you push the tank in there, man, there's going to be squeeze out mm-hmm. coming out right next to the the guard, anyways. So I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty much the, the, yeah. the simplest way. <laughs> the simplest way okay. you can do. I have now. I just thought about it. I am. I am a genius. <laughs> Go out and spend fifteen dollars on one of those windshield windshield crack repair kits, and use epoxy instead of their solution. You fill up, you you pull, put that thing on the handle end, and uh, lock it down. Pull it back, let it draw uh, 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 a vacuum. Wait fifteen minutes, release it, and let all that epoxy shoot down in the yeah. under vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> That's overkill, but my gosh, it worked. That's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean i do it on the cheap i'm uh, uh, uh you know if i don't have to spend money on the thing i won't yeah so all i have is those uh cheap um 
plash, I mean, paper cups, uh, coffee mm-hmm. cups that mm-hmm. I bought from CVS. I mean, I think yeah. I bought a pack of a hundred for like four dollars or something. Yeah, you know, a little uh, popsicle stick, mix it in, and just when you squeeze that cup, it makes a nice little, little, uh, you know, a little channel oh. you can just yeah. drop it in. So. And I was joking about, about that last method I talked about. I just, I've just fixed a lot of windshields in my life. Speaking of those cups, I bought some solo condiment cups, um, like in 2005 and some box of a box of a thousand of them. And I think I've still got 900 of them left. It's like the most useful purchase I've ever done. (laughs) I used it with making fishing lures and making coatings and I use it with, uh, that, yeah, I got a, I got a question for you, Chip. Uh, on the uh, knife Templars um, website, does it have video capabilities? You know, for playing video in there. Man, you videotape yourself, and I will make you a superstar. You just because you know, your, you... you know, it, it's something simple like this. You know, on the next uh, hidden thing that I'm working on. Actually, I'm working on right now on this um, on this dagger. Oh, Look yeah. at this other that thing there, by the mm, way. Right. I, I, I can I, I can record just that section there as I'm gluing up the handle. Do this you for know, me. It would Do take about, me. you know, a few minutes. Do this for me. Record your next episode. Currently, I've got some of the Knives Templar stuff on my uh, Shagman Niver or Shagman Knives uh, YouTube uh, page, but I'll put together a Knives Templars YouTube page just for that stuff. And... Um, We'll all be able to upload stuff there. Uh, once I get it set up, I'll, I'll set it up where we can all do that. You can send me your videos, and uh, I can get those loaded up there. I'll put a nice little um, lead-in graphics on the beginning of it, a little nice Templars logo and yeah. tip of the week. Or, can also put on our Facebook group, you know, Knives Templar yeah, 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 Facebook yeah, yeah. group so, there. You know? Yeah, so, so, so when you do that, yeah, you can just post those links. Yeah, I, I can do that, I'll, you know, sometime next week I'll – I'll have let, something. Let me do it so I can do it through Facebook because I can put the Facebook videos on, on our webpage. Yep. So that'd be cool. Yeah. That's a good idea. Good idea. Um, hey, this next question, last one I got for you today, and it kind of lines up with the same, same. it's about uh, hidden tangs. David says, how do you line up and drill the hole in the tang on a hidden tang knife? And sometimes he says it's hard to drill through the steel because it's hardened. So how do you, two questions here. Talking about the pin? The, the pin drill, hole. Putting yeah. the pin, the pin hole, how do you drill it up and line it up so you can put the pin in? And he says sometimes his tangs are too hard to drill through. Uh, I guess that one's false to me again. Um, for the, the, the slot for the mm-hmm. tang itself, you know, easy enough. I will put the tang on top of my block. Yep. I will draw the size of the tang and then put it on a vise where the with the uh, my 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 drill vise, right? You know, the drill press, the, uh, the bench vise, whatever. Okay. And vice. then I will line my yeah my uh, my bit on the outside of those lines that I put it in there. Then I just, you know, just drill on the, uh, just drill the thing. Um, as it comes to the, um, the pins, I mean, your tank shouldn't be hard. Your tank should not be hardened. So None of probably, my things are hardened. He's probably hardened them when he, when he heats. So how could he go back and soften it? Uh, first, dip your, dip your knife into a bucket of water, leave the tank out, and just mm-hmm. blew it. Yeah. With yeah. a torch? Yeah. 
Yep, bring a torch to it, nice and blue, and keep it in there until it cools down enough where you can grab it. You really don't want that heat traveling down your recasso into your blade and softening your steel where you don't want to. Uh, but the tank itself shouldn't be uh, hardened just because of, you know, a couple of situations can arise from a hardened tank. One, you know, when you're striking something, it might break. So you don't want that tank to be hard, right? It has to be soft enough to absorb that sh- the, 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 the shock. And two, like he's running into this problem where he's, where his tank is too hard and he cannot go all the way through to mm. pin it, you know? Make sure you're using and a carbide, if you look, carbide bit. I, mean, I, w- I was watching uh, some YouTube some, some time ago, this um, uh, historian talking about uh, old swords and uh, the tanks back then were all made of mild steel, right? And they were using it to pound each other to death with those things, right? And they seldom had a failure just because of the soft steel will take a lot of shock before it will Mm -hmm. bend before it breaks, which is better, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know? So just don't harden your steel, don't harden your tank. And then uh, always use a carbide tip drill. Don't use oh, wood, that too. Wood, I mean, dr- yeah, don't you know. use wood drills. If, I mean, I don't know where he's getting his drill bits. Just make sure it's a carbide tip. No, I mean, I have a nice um, snap-on set of bits, uh, and they have a, a hard time going through hardened steel. So just you know, uh, you know, avoid trouble. Keep your tank soft. Well, yeah, everything will have a hard time going through that. But when you've got your normalized steel. Use a uh, use a carbide bit and it should cut right through it. If you're using mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. using a set of wood bits that have been out in your shop for ten years, you know <laughs> they're not going to do it. Spend no, a few, no, no, no. Few, spend a few bucks mm-hmm. on a good drill bit. All right, well that's our questions. And with that, Otis here, I can see you've been sweating because we've been putting you to the <laughs> test. You passed it. You've yeah. given us all good yeah. answers. So we're going to give you a few minutes to dry off the scalp and yeah, uh, we'll, let me get a, a yeah towel. yeah we'll be right back. Bashevik has been making stabilized wood and other supplies for knife makers for almost a decade. His stabilized wood products have been used by many of the best and most well-known knife makers in the world. This wood, when turned into knife parts, are stable to humidity, water, snow, oils, and other materials that would prematurely wear out a knife handle. He works out of his shop in Tula, Russia, and produces natural wood products that are as beautiful as Russia's famed Fabergé eggs. Knife makers around the world will tell you that his blocks should not be cut and placed on display. Oleg has distribution centers in Russia and in the United States. He's shipping right out of the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area, so if you're looking for something in the States, you can have it in just a few days. I guarantee you'll be excited to get your package that comes wrapped beautifully, already polished, so that you can see the most beautiful grain and colors that he impregnates into each piece of wood. You can find Oleg not only on Facebook, but you can also find him at knife-wood.com. That's knife-wood.com on the internet. Go out and take a look at Oleg's products. I'm guaranteeing you, you'll be happy to put them on your next knife. And now back to the show.
Welcome back. Yeah, that knife wood something else, isn't it, guys? It is. It Real is. nice, man. Knife-wood.com. Yeah, I wish Oleg uh, could, you know, he's in Russia. And uh, unfortunately, you know, governments are saying Russians are bad and they're saying Americans are bad. But uh, good gosh, if you put us all in a room and gave us a couple hours to get to know each other, we just turn into a happy group of people. We all would love each other. But uh, Oleg makes uh, some of the most beautiful blocks out there. And the great news is, is you don't have to wait for him to come from Russia anymore. He's got a uh, warehouse or somebody that's shipping them out for him out of uh, Philadelphia. And when I've placed orders within a few days, they're in my mailbox in Hartsell, Alabama. Um, and uh, it's just beautiful. My wife uh, saw some of the ones I was unpacking and looked at them, and she thought the same thing I do. They're just too beautiful to cut on. You know, she's got a case where she displays uh, some glass that she collects. And uh, we just stuck one in there <laughs> because it's got some special lighting and stuff. And it, they just look like museum yeah. pieces. So. When you put them on, when you put them on knives, um, I had a guy one time saying, I don't know why you're using that stuff on your knives. Just regular wood looks great. You shouldn't, you know, you're making your knives look too modern. And, uh, he, uh, he saw a set of scales that I'd used Oleg's wood on and, uh, he was hooked after that. He wanted a knife made out of it as well. So y'all go out and check out knife-wood.com and see what Oleg's got to offer. Yeah. I had one of those. It kind of looked like a piece of cheesecake. Yeah, it does. Like, yeah, like I have to take a bite out of that thing. It was awesome. <laughs> I was like, "Do what?" <laughs> He's got some pretty stuff. You know that that tuna knife mm-hmm. I made. I got a, a knife that had kind of oceany looking colors in it, some golds and some mm-hmm. blues and some greens and all in there. And uh, the guy that got it, he is just teetotally in love with it. And I think he loves the handle more. And it's a unique looking knife, but he is totally in love with that particular knife handle. And I've got a similar piece of wood on the next one I have to make for a guy down in Florida. And uh, I'm sure that uh, he'll feel the same way. You don't have to be a good knife maker when you put knife wood on your handles. They just dress that ugly steel (laughs) right up. Yeah. Uh, guys, uh, let's move into a section here. Now I want to, um, go into some particular topics and some of these came up last time and through some communications that we've had. And, uh, so these are kind of my topics this week and, and for us to talk about, but, um, you know, last time we got into a discussion that there's a lot of people that do a lot of great things out there. And, uh, Chris was on the show with us and he had said, you know, that you can do something very good, but support those other makers who do the things that they do when it comes to supporting other makers of all kinds of things. Of course we should. As a matter of fact, anything I can buy locally here in my small town, I buy it before I go to a bigger box store or even to Amazon. Um, and it's so easy to buy off of Amazon because we're all accustomed to just waiting a few days for it to arrive now. I still buy locally if I can, but I'm creative in a maker and I don't want to just do one thing. Um, I, uh, have already got my, uh, um, stabilizing equipment, uh, set up and ready to order. I'm in the process of buying a very nice anvil. Um, I've got a tire hammer that I'm going to purchase before the end of summer. Um, I'm, I saw someone else on this show doing some beautiful work today. Um, I'm getting ready to uh, put together some uh, segmented handles with some unique materials to make some beautiful handles. And I know there's people out there that do that, but uh, I don't know. I feel more 
complete as a maker, the more I can do to make my product rather than put other people's products on my steel. What are your thoughts? And this isn't against the other suppliers and makers that do those special things. This is an individual thought on you as a maker. So, so I think you're probably getting into, you know, as you become good at, at more of those things and then adding them in. But, uh, you know, I, I would say that uh, like for handle material, right, if you're not at the point of stabilizing or making segmented handles or, or any of those things you know, at some point in your in your journey, that there's some, you know, amazing uh, makers that specialize in, in those areas, right? Sarah and, and, uh, and Oleg and yeah. well, she does yeah. beautiful work. And, and yeah. so, they both do. Yeah, so, so getting some of that, uh, you know, into your knife where you're maybe working on your, your grinds and your knife making, and then, uh, you know, using some, some of those other, uh, specialized, uh, pieces to your, to your piece of work. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's great. Uh, but uh, also, you know, I think like you said, as you as you move along in your journey and you're getting one thing down, there's probably that always drive that drive in all of us that we want to try that that next step or one more thing and and add it to your your skill set yeah. as you become a better and better maker of your life. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, you you made a good you're point right, there. because you know, Go ahead, Don. like uh, stabilizing. I brought that from my last. Um, as wood turner, I had to stabilize all the burls because you couldn't turn it because it just fall apart. So, um, but stabilizing, I mean, that's just the, that and casting resin and stuff like that. Something I did in my last makers I did, but, uh, I just brought it right on into wood turning, you know I mean? Into knife making for wood turning. But, uh, I think as a maker, I think we're just not satisfied staying in one lane. I mean, um, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I like doing different things, but, um, you know, I started out woodworking and then got into wood turning and then now went into uh, scroll saw art. I did, uh, epoxy art. I did, and they all have to do with wood, <laughs> you know? So, but, um, but I think that, um, I mean, you got Oleg, I got another man, I got another guy that I know him very well. He does some beautiful handle material and he ships all over the world. Um, and he's another guy that, um, we talked the other day and he's been stabilizing burls and stuff for years, man, on the, um, commercial level. But as a maker, you know, yeah. as a maker, um, you know, I always want to do different things. So, uh, I think go for it. You know? Yeah. If, I, yeah. if I had a knife making factory, I would have a, handle department. I'd have a steel department. I would have a pen department. Um, I I would, you know, and I would order supplies to do all those kind of things. And, uh, I think for two reasons, there would probably be some cost savings in it, but also for the fact that it would be uh, teetotally my, uh, my product. And on an individual level as a hobby maker like me, um, I like the idea. Now, let me say this scales by Sarah. Uh, or mm-hmm. Sikowski scales as, as her partner. Beautiful. Man, they make Beautiful some gorgeous scale. stuff. You can't, and, 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 you know, every knife maker mm-hmm. has their own style. You can look at my knife versus Mark's or Jeffrey's or Otis's or yours or anybody else's, and they've all got a different style. So to say that, hey, I'm going to do what she does or he does, it's not the same. You've got your own style. Uh, like I said, their stuff is beautiful. Um, so with that being said, it's not to critique them, but why would I go out and spend $60 on something I can make for myself for 
you know, ten fifteen dollars uh, to make something really special, or even less uh, if I can make it to a level that I want to that represents me and my artistic ability. It doesn't mean that I won't ever go out and buy one of Oleg's blocks because I can't duplicate what he does right now, and I can't get the wood that he's got. I've got a piece of maple burl from Siberia. I can't get a piece of maple nope. burl from Siberia unless I go through him. So yes, I'm going to buy that, but it's about the ability to grow your talent, your skill to become an all inclusive product maker. Otisir. So I got a couple of, I got a couple of things to say about that. Okay. First, right. Um, yes, you should always strive to better yourself, learn new skills, put in practice what you've learned. Okay. Uh, life never stops. Always push yourself. That's why I'm working on what, what I'm working right now. I'm, it's yes. been a, a, about a week working mm-hmm. on this dagger. It's a difficult yes. thing for me, okay? Uh, when it comes to stabilizing wood, right, I thought about it. And, yes, I probably could make it what you said, you know, you spend like $15 and stabilize a block. However, in my case, time is more important than the amount of money I'm going to spend getting that block, right? So it's always have that uh, cost-benefit situation that I have to analyze, right? So for me, it's not worth it. It is not worth the time for me to stabilize a piece of wood. Don knows how long does it take to get through a a good stabilizer. Talking about Don, Don got some good wood too. Yeah, it's great. His stuff is beautiful. I've seen, I've seen, not only have I seen the wood that uh, he's got, I've seen some wood that he's uh, gifted to people. And, uh, and if you, I've received a gift from Don uh, and we all send things to each other here and there. And he does some of the most beautiful work as well. And I, I, you know, I I guess Don would be our premier uh, (laughs) expert here when it comes to stabilizing. Right, and he will tell you how long does it take to get a block yep. properly stabilized. And when oh, yeah. I say properly stabilized, I can attest to it. Okay. Yeah. I can attest to it. So I mean, I you can watch uh, some YouTube videos and you can learn stuff. And I'm not discouraging you to do it whatsoever. If that's what you want to do, God bless you. Go for it. But I wouldn't do it just because I don't have mm-hmm. the time for it. Right. So You're speaking of yourself personally. Those things, yeah. right, where I'm very restricted in how much time I have available for yeah. me to work on my knives. Well, that's so, a great yeah, point. Yeah, man, if you're going to do it, go ahead. I mean, I would take some classes with Mr. Don here because he can he can yeah. really help Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's, it's easy. It's, you know, um, I think it's easy to become great at a lot of things. There's no one that says you have to be great at one thing. You can be great at a lot of things. Yeah, of um, course. I can still turn out fishing lures that would amaze you guys, and Don can turn out, uh, um, you know, wooden turnings off of his lathe. I mean, hell, we've seen that hat you made, Don. I mean, <laughs> that's that's just an engineering feat as much as it is an artistic feat. Uh, um, you know, we can become really good at a lot of things that we do, and I, I just don't think that our mind should stop. Uh, just to get good at one thing. But again, like you said, time and money and, you know, all that has to be considered. Hey, Mark, speaking of gifting anything, I don't think you and I have gifted anything to each other yet, uh, have we? No, I don't think we have. 
I would like, I would like to, you need you have to find this first. I need you to find about a 1910 <laughs> hay button, uh, 190 pound amble. And I have a nice, fairly new Turkish amble. I will trade to you. This is, this is a nice yeah, one from Turkey. Uh, I will trade to you. Even up, baby, even up. So you just let me know when you find that hay button. And hey, no, seriously, Mark, I, I'll uh, oh, nice. have something to send you away. Mark, you going to go to Blade Show? Uh, with us I this am. Year? I am. I, I won't be there one day because I have to head up for my uh, niece's graduation. But uh, I will be there for uh, I think three. How many days is it? Um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But I typically drive in Saturday morning and yeah. you know visit for a little bit on Sunday and drive back. But I will tell you this: I will give you your knives Templar shirt Ooh. for this Ooh, year. Thank you. Day. All right. That's all don't five. All eight of us. Don't let me forget. Is that for eight <laughs> of us? <laughs> oh no! Are you going? I probably won't be going to Blade Show, but you can send it in mail. I give him my address. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Don, you never know. Never know, man. Show up at your house. I'm sending an I'm sending a Viking dude two pairs of uh, Liberty overalls hey, and a Shugman knife shirt right that'll now work. just because I like him. And did you you guys know uh, um, uh, um, Jarl Eric in our yes. chat group? Yeah, from Norway. Mm-hmm. I've been friends with him for several years, and uh, I told him I got a pair a couple pair of overalls and a and a Shegman shirt to send over to him. And uh, the thing is, you send something to Norway. I guess it's that way anyway. It was like a hundred dollars just to send you know, this stuff. And, and I don't mind that. I mean, it's all friendship, but even like when I was talking to our blacksmith friend from Ghana today, I was like, well, how much for the three pound hammer? And he's like $249 to ship it. And I'm like, that's the problem. (laughs) Oh, I would love to support him and buy one of those hammers, but Mm, it's just really, I'm sad to say it's so cost prohibitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the, with that fire yeah. guide I got from Brazil. The only reason I actually bought it was because my sister was coming this way. Yeah. I mean, I paid 150 for the guide, and it would have been another 150 yeah. almost to 100 for yeah. shipping. Yeah. I would rather send him something, a donation for his mother's health, uh, yeah, than have too. to pay that shipping. I would Man. soon do that. I don't have a problem with that. But, Man. you know, $300 for a knife that I – I mean, Otis here, how much did your knife, your hammer cost? Uh, $100. Yeah, and it's a beautiful yeah. hammer. And, and, and uh, I, I, I got to watch it yeah, being awesome. made. Yeah, awesome. yeah. So so I, I don't want to sound bad saying I'm not going to spend this much money on that hammer, but uh, it really shocked me when it was that much, especially when, you know, I'm going to spend $800 on an anvil. Um, that's like, you know, a quarter of an anvil. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more than a quarter. Anyway, anyway, hey, I'm worn out again. We'll be right back. Majestic Forge is owned and operated by Brian and Kayla Horn in Rushville, Ohio. With many years of experience manufacturing two to five burner gas forges, Majestic Forge is your number one source for blacksmith forges, barrier forges, and specialty forges. They are dedicated to creating top of the line forges at a price you can afford. Majestic Forge has supplied forges to blacksmith schools, high schools, colleges, production shops, and TV shows such as Mythbusters. And Majestic Forge is the forge of choice for televisions forged in fire. Knife makers are in luck as they offer forges that come with two or three deluxe burners. Here at Knives Templars, 
We are sure that you can find a USA-made Majestic Forge to suit your needs. Check out your next forge at MajesticForge.com. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. We want to make sure we get all the ads in because you know what? They don't pay the bills, but we That's love right. their products. Right. And, uh, and uh, we want the world to know about what they have to offer. And that's what's neat because when nobody's paying you to run their ads and you're just endorsing great products and great companies, um, it's truthful. You know, we have nothing to gain and, you know, it's truthful. We're just supporting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, go to the knivestempers.com. If you've got products out there that are knife making related, um, send them to us doesn't have to be expensive we're not looking to to get gifts or this that and the other send it to them for an honest review and we'll uh, post it on the knives templars website as we have going to be starting some product reviews um you know i could use a nice tr maker carbide file (laughs) (laughs) no and if you want us to send things back after we review them i'll be more than happy to do that as well uh you pay the shipping but uh, i will be more than happy to I could makers, use a new t- motor in a VFD, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Right. Are you who are you who are you are you talking to uh oh, anybody uh, listening out there anybody, you know, who uh, wants to send you, me a you, motor in a VFD you'll do a nice it, review. I'll be more than happy to uh, but, but you gotta send it back, Otis here. Uh no. Nah. <laughs> Seriously though, seriously though, if you guys have something you want us to try out and you've got a particular show host that you want to try it out based on their abilities or who they are, this, that, and the other, if you get in touch with us through the website, we will connect you. And uh, I can guarantee you that as we start our um, blog on the website, you will get a great product review that'll stay out there as long as our website is live and uh, support your products with a very truthful, very, very truthful review. Anyway, get in touch with us if you're interested. Guys, a, another topic. Let's do it. All right. Let's, Let's do it. What is the benefit of a disc? What is the benefit of a disc grinder? Why do I need one of those disc grinders? And one of those, do I need a variable speed drive? And most how are they best used? What's a disc grinder definitely. for anyway? What's a disc grinder well, for anyway? All right. I well, got a, start um, us off. I bought one back, I don't know, probably about five months ago. Yeah, disc, disc grinder, grinder, nine inch. Um, I think the one good thing about it is that it is variable speed. I would not buy a disc grinder for knife making. For woodworking, it's fine, but for knife making, a nine inch, you could be able to use the um, the whole sheet paper um, and cut it and put your nine inch disc. It just fits. It's beautiful. Uh, but I um, I have a um, variable speed. And knife making, everything variable speed is a plus if you can afford it. Everything's variable speed. So, well, it keeps you exactly. from burning stuff. Yeah, or tearing because it up what happens when you fast. use a lot of micarta handle material, it will burn. Um, it will burn the micarta. So, um, gum up. Got to go real gotta slow. Got to go slow. So, what are you using this disc grinder for? What What in the heck am I using one for? And why can't I just use the one on the side of my uh, um, two by forty two? Uh, Sander, it's got a little well, six I mean, inch disc. It's kind of there. small, but I use mine to. Um, I just got in this week, started to make my own uh, scales. Um, I, I, put, I posted it on our private chat group. I did like four sets. Uh, thank you. You did a nice uh, job. But the main thing with a disc grinder, uh, you need a good uh, a good table for it too, and you got to be. It's got to be flat. 
you got to be able to get 90 degrees or 45 degrees or whatever. And um, I would say spend the money and get a good one. Um, another thing too is the run out on the on the disc itself. Um, I had the flat disc. Um, I would definitely I would definitely make sure the disc when it spins it's at. I had one. I had a 12 inch disc sander at one time. It had like the run out on this disc. Man, it was like nine ten thousandths. Man, it was like I could never get anything flat. Um, but um, but yeah, I would recommend getting one if you're going to do some handle material flatten it flatten your handle materials and stuff like that. But so it, it offers the ability to get really good flat surfaces. Uh, say if you're cutting yep. some Oleg's wood in half and being able to set it on that and get a truly flat surface. So it mates up yeah, to you your uh, to tank that, very yes. well. Now I've seen some guys also using them to grind out their culinary knives. What is the well, benefit I, there? Do you know? Well, you got a nice flat yeah. side. Um, I think Chris yep. uses a disc grinder on some of it. Yeah. Yep. You just lay your, your, your knife flat on that disc and then you're going to work on it. And that's where you're going to find out how your, uh, <laughs> how your freehand grinding is going. Because any divots, any unevenness is going to mm-hmm. show right away. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I went ahead and I just yeah, I broke uh, Don's um, advice right there and I got a cheap mm-hmm. one from Harbor Freight. Right. You know, it's. It goes. But it works. I mean, you know, all them big buoys. I mean, for me to get the fletch nice and even, man, you know, it works. Well, I've got a four by 30, uh, that I bought, um, good belts for, I, I order them through uh, Phoenix or pops and, uh, I use that to, and I put a, um, a piece of, um, rubberized silicone on the back of it. So, um, I don't get that belt chatter. The rubberized silicone came out of a, uh, um, a low store back in the plumbing section. It was four inches wide and so long. And I just put it on there with the carpet tape. Bottom line is though, is that, um, I don't get that chatter and it gives me the ability to get my tangs or my knives mm. sanded nice and flat and, and nice looking. Yep. I can also go to a hard platen with it just by turning it over and, and I'll, I'll get that. But the other thing is I've got a granite mm. uh, block uh, that's perfectly flat that I used to flatten out my scales. So um, I, I guess it's like anything. You can make a knife with a set of mm. files if you want to, or you can get a grinder. I guess assume that you can use a block like that or use other tools, uh, but you're going to have a lot more efficiency with a disc sander. Well, I wouldn't say, I mean, it's just, it's just a matter of, um, all the matter of your paycheck or your, or your checkbook. Um, I mean, you don't need a nine inch. I have mine. Mine is a true grit and I can say the true grit, the table, everything is just top notch, man. Motor, um, it's, Right. aluminum i mean it's just it's top-notch uh piece of equipment um do you need that no you don't need that you i have a i have a sanding um a flat stone just like you got granite stone that's the way i did it for you know doing that right. but now this one here is a little easier uh, i knew down the road i was going to start doing my yeah. own segment of scales so if i want to do a segment yeah. of scale at say a 45 and do dovetail I want a true 45 or if I, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, mm-hmm. and I've done, 
I haven't done a 45 with a segmented scale yet, but I will do that. But the main thing too, and is the run out on the, on the disc itself is terrible. On most, <laughs> most grind, Sanders, um, the one I had, but, um, right. Yeah, the, That's true. Yeah. Cause you're talking about when you run yeah. out to the edge and everything, yeah. and then you're starting another thing that, too. That, okay. The, gotcha. The, yeah. 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 Well, I had problem. I had a shot Fox 12 inch and for woodworking, it was okay. But if you was doing segmented turning where you did uh-huh. all the pieces and grind them, you need that sander to be able to go in and just tighten up the edge. You don't want any gaps, just like in a knife handle. You don't want any gaps in that between mm-hmm. the micarta or the, or the liner material that you're using, right? Um, well, I just slap you some well, colored epoxy. You still want to see it, but... <laughs> But you, no, but no, you no, want no. that I'm table. Um, <laughs> you want to be able to set that table at, at, I mean, at ninety degrees or forty degrees, forty-five degrees. Lock it in and get that consistency every time. I couldn't do that with my shop box, so yeah, I end up. Hey, grab your phone and do us a video sometime, okay. and we'll put it on the website so that yeah, yeah, be a nice little instructional thing. Send you know, I was just thinking about this uh, disc sender, and I've seen a couple of. Um, uh, grinders that sell attachments where they have the the disc sander that you can exactly. put it with your belt in there. So, I don't know if it's any good or is or is it worth mm-hmm. the money, but yeah, you know, yeah, you have that up. So it's well. funny that you say that. I, I had uh, emailed I don't know maybe about a month ago a Maribraid and said that uh, hey I see that uh, uh, Broadbeck has this uh, uh, disc you know sander attachment disc grinder attachment uh, that they put on the uh, that you could, uh, you know, use for an attachment on there. You know, is there anything, anything planned? Because I, you know, I'd like to buy it from you guys because I love the uh, Ameribrade products. So they, yeah. they, they didn't give me an answer, but they said they're coming out with new stuff uh, soon. And yeah. so they, they weren't gonna, they weren't gonna commit. But uh, I'm hoping that something's gonna, something's gonna come out pretty soon. Well, I tell you what, when you go out and buy your second machine, so you've got oh. two Ameribrades in your shop, be sure and put Templars I 100. Will. That's right. Uh, and the lines, you get $100 off on that complete machine. You need to do that before April the 30th, by the way. So anyway, just a little note. No hey, pressure. guys, we're pushing the two-hour mark here, and uh, wow. we got a bunch going on. What, what are y'all going to be doing this weekend and next couple of weeks? Fill us in. Let's take her on home. Well, I go first. I've been... We have the pollen dropping. <laughs> and man, I got up this morning and I had to blow the roof off. I have a tin roof and um, you got to get it off. And um, my yeah. pool was full of pollen. So I had to, I've been cleaning up on it. We got a rainstorm coming in. Um, supposed to come down tomorrow. And this is terrible. But yeah. I'll be cleaning up yards, stuff like that. And um, I got a couple knives I, I'm working on to finish. And, um, other than that, just chilling out, man. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna try and I got a door to paint this weekend, but once I get past that, I'm gonna get into the shop and I am going to finish that sheath uh, and get a couple knives in the mail on Monday. And I am enjoying forging. I love it, and I've got to make one of my least favorite knives to make, which is a. Uh, I don't really care for making bushcraft knives. Um, but I have someone that really wants one that's a family member. So I'm going to make them one and I'm considering just going ahead and continuing on and forging and forging that out and, uh, and do that, get that started for this week for them. 
Other than that, I'm going to be working on getting this podcast out Monday morning so Jeffrey's friends and colleagues can all hear it out there on the internet. Uh, Quite excited for him about that and uh, just continuing to do my thing. Otis, hear what you got going on. That that beautiful dagger you're making, I I want to hear. Yeah, got to keep on trucking on this dagger. I got to do a little more cleanup on uh, on one side. That's good, man. It's not the way I want it. You know, it has a little bit of uh, some muck in there that I still have to get mm-hmm. it out, some decarb to bring the hamon out. Um, right. The next side is already pretty much done. Um, You're going to put some mustard on that? I got to work on, the, on a guard. I don't know what kind of shape of a guard I'm going to make for that dagger. Yeah. But I'll figure something out between today and Sunday. I'm hoping to start that uh, mm-hmm. that guard on Sunday. Let me tell you something, man. Working on daggers, working on daggers is a is is a different yeah, beast is. than working on a on a knife, right? Oh, Have four oh, yeah. uh, four bevels, right? You have, man, that's that's something else. And then keeping that center ridge aligned. Yeah, it's yeah. If you want a challenge, you go for a dagger. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not planning on it. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I was able to bring out a beautiful hamon on it. Oh, Just that's right. The, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The hamon looks take good. A look at the hamon, right? Yeah. So wasn't it's a yeah. nice hamon. So I'll, I'll try to keep that intact. Yeah, that mustard just looked so much beautiful on that last yeah. knife. The that, pattern uh, came out great. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The pattern was amazing. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. just uh, I, I put a little bit of mustard on a paper towel and mm. you just dab it, you know, like that. And yeah. I let it sit for, I'd say, 10 hours. Wow. Beautiful. Man. Beautiful knife. Gorgeous for the folks that can't see it. Trust us, it's gorgeous. Right. You you, you can see this knife on the a Knives Templar um, yeah. Facebook group. Yeah. If it's not there, I'll put it in right after the show here. Yeah, we need to put a place on the website that'll upload uh, our mm. pictures and stuff on the knifestemper.com. Yeah, hey, um, you going to be riding any more bombs or anything else this weekend? Are you going to stay off the heavy artillery? Otis oh, here. Yeah. yeah. You were riding bombs <laughs> last week or so. Artillery shells. Those... those uh... You were sitting on a big, you had a big cannon between your legs and then you went and jumped okay. on the shell. I think Otis here. The man's yeah, I don't know through. what you're talking about, my friend. Didn't you not take a trip to the, with your wife and you went and jumped on a cannon? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh, that was about a month ago, man. Uh, no, that was a that was a cannon that we found uh, an artillery piece from uh, from a ship. Yeah, we know the story, but I was just enjoying watching your Alzheimer's accelerate <laughs> at the speed of that cannon shell fire. No, but you it's were like... talking about last week, and I'm like, last week? What did I do last week? <laughs> well, I'm, I've got I've got memory issues too now. So come on, give me a break. You got to give. I'm, I'm older than you. So you're staying you're staying around the house this weekend? Yeah, probably. Good probably. Deal. Good deal. Your son's doing well? Yeah, he's fine. Uh, he's on his uh I think fourth week of uh tank mm. school. Yeah. Right? So uh I spoke to him earlier today just before the show. He said that he was able to uh drive a oh, tank what? and he was uh doing forty <laughs> miles an hour. 
on the neighbors, nice. which yeah. is That's great. awesome. Right. So, you know, so far everything good. Uh, he's enjoying the process, having fun and getting paid for it. So yeah, what else can good you ask? Bless his heart. Good for him. You know, he said that sometime next week they're going to be uh, messing Ooh. with the 50. Yeah. And uh, having some fun with that, with those things as well. So, yeah. Well, good. Mark, you're going to be drinking some high quality H2O down there in uh, South Alabama. Uh, I will. You know, so, uh, and, uh, you know, besides for that, I'm trying to finish up that, uh, that little hunter I was showing you mm-hmm. that, that I've been I'm working on. Um, I, I got to get some scales on there and, and finish that up. But, I'm trying to get it done for the, uh, uh, because on Monday, my mom is coming down to visit from New Jersey. So, uh, I'll have a, a, a week that I, uh, and then my son's on spring break. So, uh, it, uh, you know, so mm-hmm. I'll have a little, uh, family time and spring yeah. break. So when Miss Soprano comes to town, everybody, <laughs> that's to... right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you have to check the guns at the door. Uh, no. Is she, is she the, is she's the, she's the done. <laughs> That's family. right. So. <laughs> and she listens to the podcast. So, uh, you know, yeah. Oh, wow. She, or she said she did. So. Does she, I hope she likes me. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta do it. That's quiz. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hey, listen on that knife you're making, are you freehanding that? Or are you using a jig to grind it out? Either way, no, it's fine. No, I'm I, just curious. I, it's beautiful. Uh, I used a, a file guide for the plunge lines. Uh, so, uh, that, yeah, yeah. that's what I do, but everything else was, was free handed. But, uh, I, I have to tell you though, um, you know, I kind of worked up to it. Like what I said last time, I start with my, um, the, my bevels really low, uh, because, uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm not perfect. And I kind of go in at every once in a while, I hit a knot angle and then it just kind of gives me a little bit of that room that, Hey, I can kind of work them up and smooth them out and, and clear out some of those, uh, mistake so uh to to get to where i am so well hey. can i can i can i do a pinto yeah tip? actually absolutely two actually two two tips keep, right now. keep your pinto tip away from me <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, uh, so the way i've been uh working uh, uh i will scribe my center line mm-hmm. on the blade right and before i start grinding my bevels I will bring my grinds all the way, like a, on a on a forty five yeah. degree angle, right next to that scribe line to the center of the of the of the mm-hmm. knife, right. So you have like a permanent mark in there as a guide. As you grind, and you can just go, you know, shallower and shallower mm-hmm. angles in there. Right. So that helped me quite a bit. You can also do the same thing if you have uh, a tilt table. Mm-hmm. Chip yep. got one. Do I think that. Don's got one. You can grind a full blade in there. It's not as mm-hmm. fast as freehanding, uh, but a tilt table will help you a lot, right? It's a cool tool. So, so I used a, I, I, I tilted so, my standard table for my false edge to kind of get that uh, consistent. And then uh, I did Chip's tip about putting some some tape, painter's tape, and and, uh, you know, to smooth out the, so it works great. And I could see how that tilt table, uh, would be nice if you could really crank that angle up, uh, for, for the regular bevels, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's only, it's only money, right. Mark, and your, your mom will be down <laughs> next week. So, hey. <laughs> mommy, mommy, I wanna, I wanna, Hey guys. Well, we've come to the end of our show and, uh, we all know what we're doing for the next couple of weeks. I can't wait to get back here a couple of weeks from now because this is fun. We got to hear how Joey's, uh, 
uh, event went that he went to. I know he's getting ready to do the um, yeah. the Texas show. I'm not sure if that's uh, when that's coming up, but uh, he'll be talking about that. And Eric will let us know about the windstorm that he had out, blew out his internet tonight. And uh, we'll see what they're up to. Eric's been doing a lot of traveling lately, and uh, but he's keeping uh, his Tuesday uh, broadcast open, and he's making, making, making. So we look forward to getting him back. Guys, uh, questions, comments, product reviews, show and guest ideas, um, subscribe and email us at the Knives Templars at Yahoo or DM, DM us on Facebook in the Knives Templars podcast group. You can visit us at thenivestemplars.com to stay up to date. And while you're there, you can just go into one of the forums and you can fill out any questions, comments, or anything that you have and hit the submit and it'll come right to us. I want you to know this episode is sponsored by The Rivers Experience, Last Blade Standing, knife-wood.com, Ameribraid, and the Templars 100 discount through April 30th. Majestic Forge, Byford's Guns, Pops Knife Supplies, Maritime Knife Supply, and Phoenix Abrasives in their Templars 10 discount for 10% off your order. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor, Amazon, and CastBox. So guys, we've come to the end of the show. Let's tell everybody buenos noches. Good night. Hasta la vista. Sempre good day. Bye-bye. Ever sharp in, ever sharp in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. Good night, guys. We'll see week, you on the guys. next episode of the Knives Tempers. Yeah, you have a great week. Good, Good night. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Brought to you by Podcast Productions. Oinky, oinky, oinky. Looking for a brand new or used firearm in or around Hartsville, Alabama? Head on down to Byford's Gun Shop and explore their latest offers and deals. On top of a great selection of high quality and affordable firearms to fit your needs, their staff will have you driving away with a smile. Byford's is a third generation business that has been serving customers since 1971. Started by Joe and his father Ernest, the business continues to prosper well into the 21st century with Jeff Byford's knowledge and leadership. With brands like Benelli, Clock, Six Hour, and many others, you won't go wrong. Also check out their large selection of AR-15s and hunting rifles and many calibers. Byford's carries ammunition, special installation service, knives, accessories, transfers, and customer service that's second to none. Stop in and see them at 510 Main Street West in Hartsville, Alabama, or like them on Facebook at Byford's Gun Shop. Their team can be reached at 256-778-3111. That's Byford's Gun Shop, where they go the extra mile to satisfy your shopping experience. Head on over today. They'll be waiting for you with friendly faces. says you do craving for money makes me feel remote 
got a heart of love I can't feel a thing you rely on my heart I can't guarantee I want to be a father I want to be afraid I want to love you deeply Right to the end I want to be a father Sex don't mean a thing If your heart ain't in it We are miles apart But love can't win I've been confused I've been through the ringer You'll never see me Pull the trigger I wanna be a father Wanna be afraid Wanna love you deeply Right till the end Wanna be a father Wanna be afraid Wanna love you deeply Right till the end Yeah.